like to talk and read all things books and mystery. Funny stories. The characters of youth always tend to be a sleuth. The Hardy Boys will do. Don't forget Nancy Drew. It's a clue. Hello, you sweet baby angels. I'm Karen. And I'm Kelly. Welcome to It's a Clue, a faux crime comedy podcast for students of political coups. <laughs> did like I a, say that right? You did. A political a coup d'etat, perhaps. Not a, not a, I, I, you know, I know it's not a coup, but I also don't, I, you know, you don't frequently see political coups in coup? the plural. <laughs> That's very so true. I, I was like, I think it's coups, but then I got all self-doubting for a moment and had to check. Well, um, good talk. I don't know. <laughs> good, good talk. So, Karen, up for discussion this week is Nancy Drew and the Mystery of the Ivory Charm. Mm. So, here is my opening thought to ponder, now known as Ponder Thoughts, TM. <laughs> um, <clears throat> if you re-kidnap a kidnapped minor, are you still a kidnapper? I am so glad you asked, because there were some some ethical choices in this book that I felt were very questionable. Mm-hmm. I mean, similarly, you know, if you steal a stolen item, are you a thief or like more of a Robin Hood scenario? You know, I just, I don't, I don't know what the law says surrounding these issues. So if you could consult our attorney. Yes, Elliot, where we will have Elliot. some follow up questions. <laughs> um, yeah, there was just like a lot of, I would say, loosey goosey sleuthing tactics mm. in this book. That is a um, that is a spectacular way to put it. Sis. Kidnap a child away from his kidnappers. Uh, mm-hmm. She is given a stolen item <laughs> that she knows is stolen yes. and is like, awesome. This I'll is just mine this now. <laughs> um, and then your favorite. Uh, just complete on breaking and entering. <laughs> oh, a full-on B&E. Repeated B&Es, right? Um, yes. I mean, multiple B&Es into, like, the world's best house, but we'll talk about that later. But, I mean, just willy-nilly breaking into Mrs. Allison's house. Oh, yeah. And and then, you know, she, she doesn't break into... Who is that guy who has... Is it her cousin or something that used to take care of the... The secret tunnel and the, anyway it doesn't matter then she steals stolen paperwork from him oh yes old baddie there's like a lot of old baddie right um <laughs> oh no that di- different caretaker old baddie anyway it doesn't matter there, you're, you're right. sure it really doesn't matter but like there's a lot of law breaking i would say and i mean on the one hand i have to say i felt it very refreshing that Nancy was not such a little goody two shoes in this book. I agree. I agree. I was like, I, I was not scolding her in my mind for breaking into no. that house. I was like, get in there, <laughs> get get in there, girl. Like, um, you know, and and I really feel that she more like rescued Rishi. Actually, in in, in her defense, Rishi stole away in her car, but she didn't return him. I guess we'll discuss that, it more in the plot summary. But that is true. I well. That is not I'm, a I'm situation you, I would want to find myself in, if I'm being honest. I'm, yep. I, I'm with you. That found, would not be my favorite. Found a child in the trunk of your car? I guess you're a parent now. <laughs> I, I, 
I guess you're mine now. <laughs> that is how that works, right? Yep, that's what I, that's mm. what I know, to be true. <laughs> Again, we'll consult, consult our attorney. So, uh, what did you do this week? Or I guess it's been two weeks, hasn't it? It has been two weeks. And you've, you've had two whole weeks for activities. Listeners, it is my fault that we did not have an episode this week. I I just... There's no blame. I, the, I'm blaming no blame myself. I, I just hit a wall, and I honestly think it was the like the continued pandemic wall of like so much feels like it should be normal and then now all of this other terrible stuff is worsening and yeah people are doing stuff and I feel like I could be or should be in certain situations but I was was just like I I have nothing left to give but I feel yeah I feel restored and I, (laughs) I have selected one activity to tell you about because well before before you talk about that I do have a question okay are you still going to murder Jim? Uh, death Jim. I so yeah. I am taking a brief pause from Death Jim. Oh, I feel very good. I feel that I may have, um, and it is not their fault. I will say that for uh-huh. everyone who is listening, I was wearing the wrong footwear, which I now uh, know to be true for weeks uh, one and two of CrossFit, and my wait, ankles were your, were your little pedices hurting. They were, and. I, oh, that's like a family thing that we say. <laughs> I would just like to clarify, Pettis oh. is what oh, Kelly is that... said. <laughs> that, that is a family thing, isn't it? It is the word for feet mm-hmm. in Latin, I'm guessing. <laughs> but I just wanted to be real careful about <laughs> what was said. Uh, my is that is that that's not like a bad thing to say, is it? It, it no, it's not. It just could have sounded like been something confusing. else that would not have been appropriate for this podcast. <laughs> Oh, does anybody have two of those? Probably. I'm not Googling it. This is my work computer. Mm. I'm not looking it up. Yeah, yeah, for real. <laughs> um, but my the result of my unfortunate shoe choice was that my ankles for the last week have been about the size of a large grapefruit. And so oh, no. I have self-selected to momentarily pause but i which actually may be sad because i really enjoy it and i can't wait to go back so oh that's that's a proper footwear thing it's a safety issue i support you thank you um yeah so that's my scoop but aside from my (laughs) recovery from my own idiocy uh okay so i did this activity that is uh, apparently it's like a pacific northwest rite of passage okay called gooey ducking do you know uh, about gooey I mean, ducks? I, yes, I do. <laughs> that's that's a thing that, that... So, like, you basically went hunting for gooey ducks? I mean, essentially. And so they, they don't live in many places. And uh, the Pacific I Northwest... I had no idea they lived up there. They do. They love it here. It is one of the few places in the world that you can find them. And this is why, as a food item, which... I will not even address, but people love to eat them in certain places, and it's a well, delicacy. I mean, it's, is it is, is it a clam? Is it like a, a large clam? It's like a, a it's like a giant clam. I think uh-huh. like bivalve or something like that is probably okay. the appropriate okay. term. And by large clam, I would encourage anyone yeah, who huge. doesn't know what this is to Google it because like, <laughs> you have to hold them with two hands, and they are heavy and. Uh, yeah, they're they're freaky looking. I mean, if you, if you've ever watched Top Chef or like Chopped or anything like that, you've seen Gooey Duck. Yes, they're, yeah. They're not cute. No. So no. So 
is it like a like a like a clam situation where you or is it oysters that I can't remember now? I guess it's clams that you have to um they like it they're they live in the sand in like water pockets or whatever and you have to like dig them out of the sand is that yes. right yes yeah so you wait until low tide and the tide goes out super super far and then you walk along the beach and you can see these little spurts of water that they're spurting up <gasps> and their little top of their neck is actually sticking out of the sand so you can see them peeking up is and that is that their blowhole basically yeah yeah okay all right and then you get a bunch of shovels and you kind of like surround it and you start digging as as fast as you can because they are like, no, and start retreating down into the sand. So you are racing this giant clam because it's like burrowing and it is some manual labor. I It was hard work. It, the, the people that I was doing with this were, were young, fairly healthy folk. And well, so are you. I mean, Karen, my lord, you're you're doing crossfit. <laughs> it was taking four of us to to dig fast enough to get these things out. And uh, that's great. How many did you get? I think over the course of the few hours we were out there, we brought five or six back. And you have to get a a hunting license, a shell fishing mm-hmm. license, to be able to remove them. And I think the license permits each person to remove one to two gooey ducks and okay i have not eaten it i will say that uh it is currently in a vacuum sealed bag in our freezer and i i can't kelly i just can't i cannot (laughs) i mean that's a lot i mean no because i've never had one i'm sure they're delicious my thought would be to make some kind of like new england chowder situation and i bet it's definitely a thing yes chowder is a thing a chowder with, I, you know, well, some, if, some crackers. Whenever you want to fly up here, I'm sure it'll still be in the freezer. So. Well, I'll, I'll happily do that for you. But, like, having seen it in its, like, you know, glorious original form, would you ever even be able to eat it? Like, I think... Even if you could... Even just knowing it was in there? You may have to lie to me. Well, one of the things we could do, actually, speaking of the last Nancy Drew book we read, where we learned that at the the camp they were at they were eating biscuits with fish balls inside of them Ew. apparently you can just like chop them up in little pieces and like bread them and fry them up and i would say that is all right close well, that to might... a fish ball okay <laughs> okay all right all right we could try i mean you have got an air fryer we could make gooey duck fish balls oh god and stick them in a little biscuit <laughs> <laughs> that's the worst sentence you've ever said in the I know, years it's... i've known you <laughs> oh god uh, well karen that's a very unique experience to have had yes and my final thing i'll tell you fun fact there is a college in olympia called evergreen state college and the gooey duck is their mascot and no, you should also google that because there is a a human being in a gooey duck suit with eyeballs on it Stop. that runs Stop. around on the field as their mascot and it is awesome <laughs> oh my gosh i'm gonna look that's amazing. I, amazing I love it yeah what's your school mascot oh the gooey duck the gooey there it has a fight song and everything <laughs> and it's just as the least ferocious I, I, animal his, in the wild, it makes no sense to have that as your mascot. I mean, that but. sounds like a joke Karen Kilgariff would make. Like, the fighting gooey ducks. Agreed. You know? Agreed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, so, uh, okay. That is my tale. What have you been doing? And how are you? Uh, I'm great. 
I oh. am fantastic. It's Good. pouring down rain here. But um, no, I'm, I, I've, you know, I've had some stuff this week. None of it's as exciting as gooey duck hunting, but my, my excitement is about a future activity. So <gasps> I signed up to take pottery classes. Oh, heck yes. That's yeah, okay. Tell I, me everything. Oh my God. I'm so excited. So um, I figured out that there is a place like four or five miles from my house that teaches, you know, like s- seven or eight weeks of pottery wheel throwing classes. And the coolest part about it is, is that, you know, you get a weekly lesson, but then you also get access to the studio 24 hours a day to just come in and practice and play and mess around. Oh, that's so, really sweet. I love yeah, it. Yeah, I'm super excited. Um, I've been like binging the great, is it Great British Pottery Throwdown? Yup. And I mean, it is so fascinating watching what those people make. And I just, I was like, that seems like something that would be fun to learn how to do and maybe kind of like zen and yeah i was just gonna say it and... feels very therapeutic yeah yeah so i'm i'm i start that in a couple of weeks i'm really excited will so you make me like a little a little pot or something i, I totally will yes i will make you all the pots i cannot wait that is super exciting and mm, insert I'm, I'm jazzed insert obligatory Patrick Swayze, Demi Moore joke. Here. Mm, exactly. <laughs> yes. Done. I'm, I'm, I'm doing it with my friend Sherry. So. Oh, perfect. You know. Yeah. You, you need another person because you have, you have to recreate yeah. the scene at some point. <laughs> I think, I think she'll probably want to be the Swayze if I had to guess, but we'll see. Hey, that's Nobody's cool. ever compared me to Demi Moore before, but there's always a first time for everything. The ghost. <laughs> oh, the ghost. Um, so that kind of, that's it for me. Okay, well, sister, yeah. you want to talk about Nancy Drew? Oh, I big time do. Oh, before we do, can I tell you a joke that I thought of in a dream last... I literally dreamed this joke, and it's so bad, and I woke up and I wrote it down in my phone so I wouldn't forget. <laughs> yes, what is it? It's a total dad joke, and it is both a combination of doing this podcast and I've been watching... Well, actually, I won't tell you because it'll ruin the punchline. <laughs> Rewind. Okay. <laughs> so my joke from my dream was that I said... "What." <laughs> I love that you're cracking yourself it's up. It's so dumb. I can't even believe I'm going to put this out into the world. What do you call a little devil who likes to hunt for clues? What? Sleuthsifer. <laughs> okay, that's my joke. All right, now we so, can talk so about it. So you've been watching Lucifer? I have, and I love it. I love it so Amazing. much. Amazing. It's so good. It's, it's one so of good. my favorite shows of all time. Um, okay. <laughs> we can, excellent, excellent dad joke, Karen. We can move along now. So, <laughs> listen, not a ton of fun facts about this book. Same song and dance number as all of them, written by Mildred Wirt Benson, revised by Harriet Stratemeyer in the 70s, yada, yada, yada. Not a ton of changes made in the 70s, surprisingly, for this book. Um, all right. So I was like, I want to have a fun fact for Kelly. So I went mm-hmm. into a little bit of a different wormhole that I will tell you about. Mm. All right. In this book, there is a character named Mrs. Allison. Yes, the best character in the book. She is, but uh, I would say, just this kind of like sneaky, evil, middle-aged white lady that wears lots of culturally appropriated things, like turbans. Mm-hmm. Uh, she carries around this golden diary of sanskrit poetry that she reads from and then pretends to go into a trance and she she thinks she's a a great mystic or a psychic or something and um i was like you know that's really interesting given 
the time period, the the 1930s when this was written. Yeah. Girl, I found this History Channel article, and it just made everything make so much sense. This article is called How the 1918 Pandemic Spurred a Spiritualism Mm. Craze. Oh, my gosh. So... 1920s. That's, that's like creepy on the nose too. But right. Go on. Yeah. So <laughs> everyone stay tuned. We're about to have a spiritualism craze. Right. Um, also, so influenza pandemic was happening and World War One, And so there was this huge spiritualism surge of people that were wanting to communicate with young people and loved ones and sweethearts that had died of this yeah. flu in, in the war. I did not know this. Arthur Conan Doyle. Mm-hmm. The creator of Sherlock Holmes, super into this stuff. He loved going to mediums. He loved going to seances. He wrote frequently about communicating with his dead son, mm-hmm. um, I, which surprised me because I'm like, this does not seem like something Sherlock Holmes would dabble in. But no, but but I do think I knew that at least I didn't know about his son, but I knew that he did go to a lot of mediums. Huh. So I so. well, and here I think I probably knew this at one point and I bet you definitely know this you and I both love Harry Houdini you love yes and a huge part of his platform was that he wanted to expose shady mediums he was basically yeah. like this is not like magic is not real right it's physics and trickery and that is amazing mm-hmm. coming from the most famous magician of all time yeah I he testified in a congressional hearing that the United States was leading because they were thinking about outlawing mediums. And really? I wrote down a quote that he said. He said, there are millions of dollars stolen by clairvoyance and mediums every year, and I will prove it. Um, and wow. he also called Sir Arthur Conan Doyle the biggest dupe of all time, essentially. Wow. Um, and he, beyond that, he also, he was like, while I'm at it, let's talk about palm reading and astrology, because that's also BS. <laughs> so <laughs> he was like, on a rampage against this. And then a final thing that I wanted to tell you, which is perhaps my favorite fun fact related to all of this. This is when Ouija boards became popular. (gasps) No, really? I mean, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. So apparently Ouija boards have been around since the 1880s, like a long time. Wow. And they blew up because essentially it was people who couldn't afford to go to see a medium and go to a seance and it was like the diy kit (laughs) i mean i that that's an interesting way to put it yeah i mean that makes sense yeah and uh houdini hated these also he called them the first step towards insanity wow and best of all currently existing today there is Uh an organization called the talking board historical society which you can find at tbhs.org. No way. Okay, so what what do they do? Well, they have the best logo of all time, I will say. Like, <laughs> the branding is impeccable, so check out their website. And their, okay. their mission statement from the website is, research, preserve, and celebrate the history of talking boards, the men and women behind them, and the people who use them. And, Ooh, that's interesting. Oh, man, this website is a bizarre journey, and I cannot recommend it enough. <laughs> Wow. So, okay. So, I mean, I found Mrs. Allison fascinating because she clearly is into all of this stuff, right? And Same. Like, yep. So, I'm just curious. I mean, what do you believe? I would say that I adamantly skew on the Houdini, the Houdini, the Houdini perspective of all of this. Yeah. Uh, but 
Have you ever done a Ouija board before? I was just going to ask you that. I don't really <laughs> think I have, seriously. Yeah. Like, I've known people who have them and were like, bust out the Ouija board, but then it's never been a serious thing, like light the candles and yeah. then we're going to play light as a feather, stiff like as a board. S- slumber parties when you were 13. Yeah, and it's like, which boy likes me, you know? Right, right. Not like, hello, where's my dead ancestor? <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was always really, really freaked out by them. Like, light as a feather, stiff as a board was, like, the the furthest I would ever play any of that stuff. It really, really freaked me out as a kid. I mean, so. we, you've seen the craft. You know how, you, you know what can happen, man. <laughs> like, I know. I'm like, listen, I just, and, and I hadn't seen any of that when, you know, my 12-year-old girlfriends were pulling them out of the closet at sleepover parties. And I'm like, I have to go to bed now. Um, I just, I, I was like, oh no, I don't want to mess with that. But I feel I don't you. know. I don't know. It's, uh, it's interesting to think about for sure. So it is. And who, I, who knows? I will say, I think that the, like, I don't even know the word that I'm looking for, but the, the design of the Ouija board is one of my favorite things, like the planchettes yes. and like the fonts yes. and the, I just, I think it's very aesthetically pleasing. So I yes. actually have a lot of. Like, I have an enamel pin of, an, of a Ouija board planchette on one of my jackets, and I, I love uh-huh. to look at them, but I'm not... Uh, yeah. I, I don't want to mess with them. No. No. Not yeah. willing to go down that path. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. I mean, which I guess which I guess says that maybe I do believe in it enough that I <laughs> don't like... want to play with one. You know what I mean? Like... Don't mess with what you, don't mess with what you don't know. <laughs> with what you don't know. Like, you know what? Let's just leave well enough alone, you know? Maybe on the that's... off chance. Maybe that's maybe maybe one of us is lying, and that's how we got the ghost pets in our childhood home. <laughs> no, no. Also, oh, also follow up on the ghost pets. Oh bye yes. Bye. So right after we recorded that episode, mom and dad came over to my house for dinner, and we sit down to dinner, and I was like, "What? Since you're here, I do." I do have a couple of questions. Please don't look at each other as you respond. Like, just look at me, eyes forward. Um, and so I asked him, like, have you ever seen anything? And dad gave me a very dad-like answer. He said, he said, yeah, I have. Oh, I Um, knew it. I knew it. I've seen, I've seen stuff down there. And I went, oh my gosh, you have? And he's like, yeah, you know, one time a koala and one time is, and I was like, oh my God, like, did you see anything or not? And he's like, no. Okay. Okay. And, and I asked mom and she's like, no, Kelly. (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, all right. Zero all right, percent well, surprised. Okay. Like everyone else um, did. <laughs> like, all right. So anyway, I think they're just lying. It's entirely possible. But I do mm-hmm. really like the idea of a ghost koala bear. That'd be cute. Mm-hmm. That would be all right. I wouldn't be scared of that. I'd be like, oh, hey, bud, mm-hmm. I got a ghost pet. <laughs> yeah, where's the ghost bamboo? I mean, got to keep your ghost pets fed. <laughs> I don't think you do. I don't think you do, but... Or not. I mean, I don't know how this works, Karen. <laughs> uh, well, I am still determined to do some sort of research about our house because I am convinced it's over a pet cemetery or something, so... Well, I, I mean, I fully support you, and I think it would be... But, like, where exactly do you think we're going to find research if, like, Little Billy in 1992, before we moved in, buried his golden retriever in the backyard. I'm going to go find Little Billy. Oh, oh, you're going to do like a full on like interview style. 
You're not you're not just digging into the archives. No, I'm I'm going for it. I I, see. I, I I underestimated you, I'm sorry. This will be my 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 magnum opus. No, that's not what I'm looking for. <laughs> I I hope not. <laughs> my Everest. I have to know. My my greatest legacy. <laughs> well, speaking of great legacies, mm-hmm. uh, I would like to know who won this week's favorite one sentence plot submission. Winning the grand prize well, yet again this week of Nothing but our admiration. Uh, nothing <laughs> but the joy of millions on Instagram and our admiration. Uh, this week it goes to at Dana Cordelia. Yay! Who wrote, Nancy knew better than to speak about the elephant in the room, which is why she wore one around her neck and communicated only in creepy eye contact and nasal bellows. <laughs> Fan. So I would I would have read that book. Absolutely. Yeah. I still you know will. if like the medallion took away her ability to speak. She had, you know, every t- it was like it was like parcel tongue, but elephant tongue, you know. Nancy only speaks in elephant for the rest of the series. <laughs> so, with that being said, Karen, yes, would you like to regale us with the by Karen super flat? <laughs> Why can't I ever say it? I always say super flast plot. It's like me in real world river heights. I completely understand. I will tell you the plot of this book. I tried to keep it brief because much to unpack, but I, so some things will be left out, but we will discuss them post haste. So don't panic. (laughs) Post haste plot. (laughs) Yes. All right. Nancy attends a traveling wild animal show because its owner thinks something shady is going on with a man named Ray who runs the elephant segment. While they're there, the young boy in the elephant show, Rishi, stows away in Nancy's trunk and she unknowingly brings him home. Rishi gives Nancy an ivory elephant charm he stole from Ray and says it will keep her alive and bring her luck. He also tells Nancy his mom died in India and told him that Ray is not his real father. His real father lives somewhere in River Heights, so he's stoked that he's finally in the city. Nancy is like, Rishi is cute, his dad seems evil, can he live here now? And Hannah and Carson are like, Yeah. As it turns out, there's exactly one Indian man in River Heights, so Nancy puts two and two together and is all, well, he definitely has to be Rishi's dad. But he's an important business dude and is out of town for three weeks, so Nancy will have to wait to go talk to him about Rishi. In the meantime, the crew encounters a bizarre woman named Mrs. Allison, who is selling some property. She comes to talk to Nancy, but faints and is whisked away, so Nancy goes to snoop around her property where she promptly B&E's. It's an abandoned circus training facility inside with a bunch of hidden tunnels underneath. George falls into a mirror and almost dies. Rishi gets tangled in the trapeze and almost dies. And they find a crazy man named Old Batty in the tunnels who is ranting about someone stealing some valuable papers from him. So for the sake of brevity, bulleted list, here is what we learn. Mrs. Allison is in cahoots with Ray, the evil elephant trainer, and has been for a decade. They overthrew the Maharaja in a small Indian town to get their buddy into power in exchange for jewels. To do this, they kidnapped the Maharaja's son, Rishi, and told everyone he got eaten by a tiger. The mom dies of sadness and the dad moves away to River Heights for some reason. Next, Mrs. Allison and Ray have been hiding their jewels in this old circus house and trying to keep Rishi from discovering his true identity or finding out that his father lives in River Heights. Old Batty and his brother Pete have gotten swept up in all of this and are also hiding critical evidence in the case of Rishi's true identity. Next, Mrs. Allison's house burns down, and because Nancy doesn't yet know this is insanity, Nancy helps escape the hidden booty from the basement and nearly dies in a cave-in. 
The booty is a ton of jewels and the paperwork that proves that Rishi is the Maharaja's heir. Nancy pretends to be a psychic and tricks Mrs. Allison into confessing her crimes, but then Mrs. Allison escapes. Rishi gets re-kidnapped by Ray, and Nancy Bess and George nearly witness his murder by Ray. Fortunately, his real dad shows up just in time and breaks open the mystical elephant charm, which luckily is filled with a cure-all that brings Rishi back to life instantaneously. All of the criminals are immediately apprehended, Rishi is reunited with his true father, and Nancy is given the elephant charm and hella jewels as her reward. The end. Very well done. I think you summarized that beautifully. Oh, thank you so much. I really... You're welcome. I, I maybe leaned a little heavily on the coup part of this book, but first time we've had a, a Drew coup, so I feel like we have to a emphasize coup. it. <laughs> a coup. A coup. Um, uh, just, just to throw this out there, um, I saw like two different pronunciations of... I, I thought it was rye. Oh, but I don't know. I saw Ray in a couple of places too. So anyway, <gasps> if anybody knows definitively, I'm sorry. I, I no. I mean, I th- it's, I I've seen know. it in both places. So um, we can just call him the well, evil elephant stepdad. Yeah, the the kidnapper. Yeah, dude. Well, step na- stepnapper dad. <laughs> stepnapper. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, before we go ham on this, uh, I would love to hear your overall impressions, aka. General thoughts and musings, Kelly. Mm, I would love to tell you them. Um, I, I guess I would say, uh, like, somewhat unfortunately, I thought this is one of the better Nancy Drews to date yeah. in terms of plot. <laughs> yeah. So it's a bit of a bummer that, you know, it's so freaking xen- xenophobic and racist. Yeah. Um, but, you know talking about the plot i thought it was really interesting this you know political coup and um you know it it wasn't it wasn't the same old like rehashed plots we've seen 35 times and i will say that my favorite scene in the book was nancy pretending to be psychic to get a confession oh full same the best sleuthing she's ever done i loved it i did too i did too it was it was so nice to finally see her not just like running about town she didn't do any driving around in this book you're Um, right you know there wasn't any just like knocking on random doors and having conversations with people that led to nothing like all of her moves had a purpose um and she was um as we kind of talked about at the very beginning she was not upset at uh breaking a few laws to get her information so (laughs) no she was not (laughs) i was like nancy has turned a corner here so she's gonna get her man and i like it um in a criminal sense she already got ned a long time ago so um i do wonder like how does rishi keep getting kidnapped i mean this poor child has been kidnapped by the end of this book like what four or five times i lost track so many though (sighs) i'm like okay could somebody please keep an eye on this perpetual kidnap victim please could we just once we have him back this time could we just you know keep him in our sights that would be great hang on to him he's a valuable commodity (laughs) he's a commodity um what about you thoughts feelings very similar thoughts and feelings i kind of Mm. hate it that i enjoyed this book as much as i did because there are very clearly some problematic uh aka xenophobic aka cultural appropriation elements that are happening Mm -hmm. as evidenced by the cover of the book um Mm -hmm. 
The actual plot of the book, though, as you said, was interesting and followable. And mm-hmm. I think that per our previous discussions in our, you know, 2021 next revisions of all of these books, like, I think mm-hmm. we got mm-hmm. a lot to work with here. We just got to yeah. work on the uh, general You know, putting Nancy of... into a little bit more of a, um, uh, how, how should I put it? Like, I mean, ripping her out of the time she was in, you know? We'll yes. put her in 2021 and... Yeah. Yes. Um, oh, so your favorite part was Nancy pretending to be psychic, which I also loved. Mm-hmm. My favorite part was this random empty, empty house in the middle of nowhere that when she busts into yes. it, it's just full of ropes and trapezes and a safety net. They've gutted this house. There's no floor. And yeah. the, and the book, they're just like, oh, yeah, a circus used to hang out here. And they, yeah. they we never talk about that again. And I'm like, what? This is the coolest thing that has ever happened in a Nancy Drew book. How well? Let's and, not and squander like, it. <laughs> yes, it's it, it's such a good visual. Like this house that's just been completely gutted for a circus act to rehearse in. But it, also, I'm like, I have follow up questions. Okay, you know, like, um, well, was this the circus that was associated with evil stepfather? We or don't was know. This just some like random circus that Mrs. Allison was leasing the house to, or. Did the circus break in and set up their way? I'm mean, like, I, I oh, have I so like many that questions. one. I like that yeah. one. Mm-hmm. That was a, a squatting circus that just yeah, gutted this like, house. Hey, hey, Butch, we haven't seen anybody go in there in two weeks. Let's just uh, retrofit it real quick, tear, shall we? Tear up you the know? floor. <laughs> we do this in every city we're in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought the house ruled, and I. I could see myself getting really into like a movie that was just set in that setting, like a mm. probably a horror movie because it's pretty creepy. But it was so cool. It was it was a very cool part, yes, yeah. for sure. So, um, okay. Um, well, should I dive into some classic mystery elements? Yes, please. Ah, allow me to regale you. So, <laughs> um, first of all, we've got a new one that we have not had before, unless my memory fails me. Okay, and that is. Poisons and Antidotes. Yes! So Mm -hmm. good. So, you know, as you mentioned, this, the ivory charm, the titular ivory charm, as it were, um, (laughs) (laughs) is said to hold life and death. And, uh, you know, some take that to mean that it's a good luck charm, but Nancy figures out that maybe it actually has, um, like, liquid in it that could be either poison or an antidote. So at the end of the book, for some reason, Ray or Rye, however we pronounce his name, um, we'll, we'll go with Ray since that's what you used in the plot, um, uh, that he, he just decides like now is the exact right time that I need to kill Rishi. Yeah. So I kidnapped him from India as an infant. And I mean for some reason has kept him alive for 12 years and now is the time he's got to go like today's that immediately today's the day toot sweet yeah so he uh you know ties up nancy and george walks upstairs and like you know they hear him poison rishi and luckily nancy's able to get away and and i mean through a whole series of events long story short you just went through them all um they crack like a leg off this elephant and pour this liquid 
down Rishi's throat and it resuscitates him. So, yeah, I mean, that was dramatic, I would say. Very. That's about, yeah. Is this the first time that we've actually faced murder? Yes. Yes. The Drew series? Yeah. I was like, there, there oh. have been some, I would say there have been some um, passive attempts, you know, like we're going to tie Nancy to this boat and then we're going to let the boat sink. Yeah. Um, so, you know, not that it's been totally like danger free, but I think this is the first time we've seen anyone actually like directly Murder. try to kill someone. Yeah. Right. I thought so too. Um, I was stunned. Yes. It, and, and especially a child. Yes. You know, it's like, this is a kid. Like, really? What did Rishi do um, to you, man? Right? He's just trying to, like, hang out with old Aaron the elephant and not get beat. You know? I mean, 100. I think that seems very reasonable. Agreed. Um, I will say that it was a pretty good thing that this random antique antidote that's been in this ivory elephant, elephant charm for God knows how long just happened to be the exact right antidote to fix Rishi. So that was that was lucky. That I was lucky. love that you called that out because we don't know what they used to poison him. Right. We don't know what's in the elephant. We don't know what the shelf life of that elephant's Thank you. containments are. And what do they call it? A, ha- a half-life? <laughs> yes. Yeah. But apparently it is a never-failing... Mm-hmm. universal cure-all for all poison exactly yeah so. i mean it's like my god i'm glad he decided to poison him R- right you right you know I, w- I wonder if it like you know plugs up stab wounds too you know <laughs> we'll never know so we'll, we'll never know i and, and i one other question i had is did like if if she had cracked off a different elephant paw like <laughs> an elephant with, paw. like would there have been like poison in a different elephant paw, or was this just like the the antidote elephant? Oh, good, good. You know, question. or was it, does it have like you know a couple of channels of stuff in it? Chambers, yeah, secret chambers. In the words of Yolanda Gamp, <laughs> I don't... who makes who makes cakes that do not have poison in them. I just please don't sue me. Um, <laughs> she fills hers with sprinkles. That did not cross my mind, Kelly, and you raise a great question because they do refer to the ivory charm multiple times as containing life and death. So they could have almost accidentally double killed Rishi. <laughs> or, I mean, is that where the poison came from? Is, you know, I mean, is that where Rai, Ray got the poison to kill him? Oh, so many open questions. So many open questions. But regardless, I mean, I think... You know, I think it's a great idea that they're going to get that elephant refilled and uh, Nancy gets to keep it because I, you know, I hope that at some point that comes back. This just reminded me of a meme I saw this week, speaking of antidotes, where I saw a person post a photo, not a person I know, this is like a viral meme, but a person who had gotten their foot bit by a stingray or whatever Oh my God, I saw that. And they're like the biggest... (laughs) middle finger to a stingray victim is that the lifeguards make you sit on the beach with their foot in a bag that says stingray on it has pictures <laughs> of stingrays on it <laughs> like that uh, i saw that just like rubbing that insult injury <laughs> yep uh. um oh man that was a sidebar but yes poisons and antidotes loved yep. it poisons in the elephant paw so <laughs> um 
Next, we had a mysterious identifying code word. Oh, we did. Mm -hmm. Which, okay, so, so Rishi's code, he's, you know, he said at some point his, like his adopted mother, if you want to call her that. So I guess this was Ray's wife. Um, Before she died, she said, like, he's not your dad. I wasn't your mom. Your parents um you i don't remember what she says beyond that but if you ever find your father say the word manahar to him and he'll know that you're his son yes and i was like ooh intrigue mystery so i was waiting the whole book for rishi and his father to have this moment where he gets to like say the word and his and his father goes like it's it's really you, you like know? in the and, little princess Thank you. That's exactly, <laughs> thank you for saying that. It's exactly what I was thinking of the whole time. Um, and it was so unsatisfying how this happened because Nancy just spills the code word. She does. She really steals the thunder. <laughs> she steals all the thunder. And then even worse, when she when she tells it to, I mean, the de- dethroned Maharaja, um, she says, you know, like, Manahar. And he goes... Oh my gosh, it really is him. Um, yeah, that was the name of a guy who worked for me. <laughs> and I'm like, huh? <laughs> I yeah. mean, you know, was it, couldn't it be like the, the word that, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what I wanted it to be, but like not that. Not like, that. It needed to be some kind of, you know, I wanted it to be like, like the stranger danger code we had with mom when we were kids. You know how she would be like, don't ever go anywhere. You know, don't go anywhere with anyone if they try to like pick you up and take you out of school. Um, and like our code word is something that I never would have remembered. You know? I don't remember like, what it was either. But like Marigold or whatever. You know, I don't remember what it was. But yeah. like I wanted it to either be that or I wanted it to be something that had like deep hidden significance for this family that no one else in the world would have been able to know you know no one else in the world who happened to you know i don't know get a manifest of the staff manual for you know what's his face's royal complex and been like oh here's a name that sounds cool let's use that you know like (laughs) (sighs) do you know that garrett and i have a code word for a situation like this and i won't say it on the podcast but I, I watch a lot of is it, Lifetime Is it like movies. a danger podcast? It's, or it, uh, is it a danger <laughs> podcast? Is it a danger code word? Like like if you're on like the phone? Yes. Like I got kidnapped and they're like, call your husband and act like everything's normal. And I won't say what it is, but. Well, that's good. It's the equivalent of me being like, hey, baby, everything's okay. By the way, if I mentioned how much I love ghosts lately. And he's like, uh-oh. Right. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh, well, good. I mean, I think that's good to have. I keep trying to get Ollie to remember ours, but how's that going? It's not going great. (laughs) I think, I think if something happens to me, I'm probably screwed. I don't, I, I would have to guess, well, A, I hope nothing happens like that, but I would have to guess that the kidnappers would not reach out to Ollie to secure your ransom. So (laughs) he, first, even if he were equipped to handle that kind of transaction, I'm not entirely sure he would pay anything to get me back. Like, also, he... for for anyone who's just now starting to listen to this podcast, Ollie is Kelly's cat. Just to clarify, oh yeah, that's sorry, that's my cat, not my husband. Um, I mean, as good as you know, indeed, he's my 
he's my soulmate in every sense your emergency contact (laughs) he is my emergency contact i'm like just call ollie he'll tell you i can take tylenol it's fine um but i i actually i had a real life moment in the middle of the night the other night where i was like oh it's happening (gasps) what oh karen oh my gosh so (laughs) i'm scared (sighs) this was it was friday night and i'd gone to bed really late and i was really tired and at like, I don't know, 4.30 in the morning, Ollie jumped up in bed with me and, you know, snuggled up and we were all cuddled up and just about to fall back, like almost all the way back to sleep. Okay. And at five o'clock in the morning, there is this massive, massive crash <gasps> in the house. I hate it. I hate everything. Huge crash. And I mean, the cat and I both just about hit the ceiling fan. Oh, we jumped so hard. I hate this. And I am not well equipped in this type of situation because I have to gather like well first of all my glasses which I can't even see where I put them in the dark you know I'm like <laughs> trying to fun- fumble for my glasses and I'm like where's my cell phone and and then I did the the stupid horror movie thing where I went to investigate the noise I, and, I do it every time too and yeah, then I'm, I'm like, like why why am, am I, I doing, doing this <laughs> like as I am walking toward the sound of the noise I'm like what am I doing um and something had fallen off the wall like oh. I had, I had had something up, um, like with it, like you know, big, strong, like um, like three M adhesive, and it had just like I think in the humidity had just released, and so all of this gave stuff up hit the, the ground. And I looked at it and I was like, "Oh, that's fine. I'll just, <laughs> I, I still haven't even picked it up. I'm, I just can't even deal with it." It, I was up for an hour. My heart rate, and it took Ollie almost forty-five minutes to come out of hiding. I don't even know where he was. I don't know where I looked everywhere for that cat. He was like, "Good luck, he, lady." Oh, he did not stay to help at all. So anyway, but I was like, "Oh, this is it." I'm why does that? It. Why does that never happen in the day? Thank you. Why does that never happen at three o'clock in the afternoon? No, it has to be. It only in the, happens in the middle of the, the night. dark of night when you're alone and yeah. have just watched twelve episodes of investigation discovery <laughs> thank you thank you i'm like oh man well i'm gonna make it hard on them you know i'm i'm gonna like you know i don't know wrap my legs around this chest of drawers or something <laughs> i'm so sorry that happened oh god i like my heart's still beating a little bit fast i'm not gonna lie but that could have more to do with the amount of cheese i've eaten this weekend than <laughs> anything else but, uh. <laughs> did not see that coming and full support <laughs> Um, okay, so moving on. So um, we have two more things I'll say. Number three, we have yet another freaking hidden passageway, my people. Oh, we do. However, this one has secret hidden treasure nooks. It does. And it has a one-way only door in a stone wall. Yes. Mm, dun, dun, dun. So the mechanics remind me a little bit i guess of the um the like the smuggling passageway in that one with the boat that we hated with the pirate boat what was that one called uh the 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 canoe the hollow the mm. oh with the dowsing locket (laughs) the dowsing locket oh the 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 hidden the yeah the The clue in the broken locket (laughs) one of those yeah so so it kind of reminded me of that a little bit because it was you know like a it wasn't an interior tunnel. It was like a tunnel away from the house. Yeah. Um, but I do have a question for you about this because I'm not sure if I just missed it or not. But they keep trying to figure out how to get in the out, essentially. Yes. Right. So like you 
you go down into like the sub-basement of this creepy old house, Mrs. Allison's house, which is the, the retrofit circus rehearsal space that you talked about. Um, and you wend your way through this tunnel and eventually it pops you out um, in like on the stone wall. In the okay? forest. Yep. Yeah. Um, and so they've seen someone come out and he closes the door behind him and then you can't, but you can't go in the out. The only way to get in the tunnel is to go in through the house. So toward the end of the book, Nancy and George are together. Bess is not there. And Nancy suspects that Ray is, is, uh, holding Rishi hostage in that tunnel. Yes. And they're hiding out watching this door in the stone wall and she sees somebody else one of these other old baddie the you know caretaker or something old baddie old baddie um (laughs) which i was like well that's a little on the nose isn't it but anyway so he um he approaches this exterior stone wall hidden passage door and he's got like a series of coded knocks which you know i love like you do love that yeah anyway Um, so he, do, he does the, the wrapping pattern and then someone opens the door from the inside and they can see him standing there having a conversation with this person and he hands over like food and stuff, you know, like a juice box and a snack pack. And <laughs> a lunchable. <laughs> a lunchable, a sensible lunchable. You know, it's like not enough to feel full, but you don't really want your hostages to feel full, do you? You know, keep them on their toes, a little bit weak. So <clears throat> some cold, cold tomato sauce and unmelted cheese, just what every child wants at lunch. Um, so, he, you know, Batty leaves and Nancy's like, cool, let's go do it. And George is like, well, but like the kidnapper's in there. And she's like, eh, let's try it anyway. So she goes up and she, you know, rat-a-tat-tats, the little secret thing. And the door opens. And the only person inside is their hostage, which is not Rishi. That's neither here nor there. But the kidnapper isn't there. Who opened the door, Karen? I know the answer to this question. You do? I am so bothered by this. Because I'm a careful reader. Okay. They spe- I was hoping you... <laughs> they specifically say <laughs> in the book that, yes, so the, the hostage is chained to a post, and they specifically say that the length of his chain was exactly the right length to be able to walk to that door to push the rock open, but not to escape, oh. but not to cross the how threshold. Did, how did I miss that? Thank you so much. I was, I was like, what is happening right now? <laughs> yes, yes. It was a measurement exercise for your hostage you. chain. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Math. <laughs> not too many lengths, not too few. Um Cool. Well, thank you for that. And okay, my last one, and we just have to talk about this because it's my favorite part, Nancy getting her confession. So Nancy has been thrust several times into scenarios where she is forced to acquire confessions from bad guys, most frequently at the behest of the local PD, who are like, why don't you go on in that cell, Nancy, and see if you can get it out of them? Because we've had no luck. You're a much better interrogator than our entire police force. This one's all you. Correct. This is all you. So this time, though, she needs to get a confession from Mrs. Allison to confirm basically that they have Rishi and a couple of other things. So rather than just pounce on her and like try to verbally 
regale it out of her. I tell me what you know. Yeah. yeah, tell me what you know. Come on. Don't you know who I am? I'm Nancy Drew. I always get my man. Um, <laughs> she sets up this whole thing where Rishi's tutor is going to invite Mrs. Allison over because he wants to hear about mysticism and have her, I don't know, do a reading or see if she'll go into a trance or whatever. This is all a setup. And what, once she's there, Nancy knocks on the door and goes, oh my, I didn't know you had company, Mr. Tudor. And he introduces Mrs. Allison and she goes, oh, well, I'm big into mysticism too. In fact, <laughs> my friends think I'm a little psychic. And Mrs. Allison goes, really? Well, do tell. And Nancy goes, well, would you like me to give you a reading? And before anyone can even object, she, you know, puts herself into a fake trance. And this is so good. She starts to recite passages from this document that she restole um, that basically, you know, is like this Bond villain confession confession you know all of the crimes of mrs allison that she has bought off of the guy of ray who was blackmailing her for it i know that's all very convoluted but the the long and short of it is is that nancy does this whole pretend psychic thing that to basically freak this woman out enough to confess and it works and i don't know why i love that so much but i loved it so much it was so sneaky and like I, it was like the first time I remember Nancy kind of getting a little bit psychological with people. Mm. Like, she's she doesn't really typically try to cater her approach to that individual. She, True. She sleuths. I, I am Nancy and I sleuth. And if she asks a question, people answer it honestly, you know? And this time, it was like she knew that Mrs. Allison wasn't going to just tell her what she knew. So she concocted this whole plan to scare it out of her. And I don't know. I just, I, I thought Nancy was so interesting in this book. I loved it. I loved that too. And I, I think my favorite moment from that scene was how it ends because Nancy's like, Oh, I was in a trance. My trance ended, you know, Mm -hmm. what happened? And the Mrs. Allison is terrified because her secret is out now and she goes well because you were in such a deep trance you must not remember anything that you said right (laughs) (laughs) and then my other takeaway from this was I regret that I didn't ever do this to you like I like read your diary and then be like oh I'm in a deep trance (laughs) Kelly hates my American Girl doll collection (laughs) yes that's what I was taking up a lot of diary pages Kelly has a crush on little Tommy at St. Columban school (laughs) Mm. yeah I mean missed opportunities I mean man Karen if you had been into Nancy Drew back then I would have known (laughs) you now you would have known that didn't even occur to me. Man, you went straight to like a sneaky, sneaky personal place. I, I know. Like I guess it. I I guess I shouldn't have told you. Like I could still do this, but. Uh, no, I think I think <laughs> I'm probably hip to the groovy news at this point. <laughs> the on. jig is up. <laughs> the jig is up. So, um, well, I think there's a lot of real world River Heights. Oh. Details. There sure is. We find ourselves in a much different real world River Heights episode than we've ever been in before (laughs) all right so let's talk about i know this is on your mind too there's no way it's not and anyone who read this book 
you probably also screamed out loud at this plot point. <laughs> Can we talk about the fact that there is one Indian person <laughs> that lives in River Heights? One. <laughs> one. And yep. the way that this comes up is that, you know, Rishi steals away and Nancy Strunk comes to our house. He's like, I have been just dying to come to River Heights because my dead stepmom told me that my real father lives here. And Carson right. and Nancy immediately go, well, it must be insert oh, name here. We know here. that guy. Yeah. Because he's the only <laughs> Indian guy that lives. I was like, right. oh, oh no. Oh, no. State. They're like, oh, do you know my cousin Bob? Like, right. That was right. true in this case. They're like, oh, yes. well, your dad must be the. I was like, oh. and he was. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It was that was <laughs> that was my exact thought. I'm like, of course, there's only one Indian person in River Heights. But even beyond that, Karen, why, why, why was an unseated Maharaja? In River Heights. What? Yes. It's, and it seemed like that was his final, like, his only destination. Yes. It was like, oh, there's a coup. I'm being overthrown. I you know where I've always wanted River to live? Heights. This Chicago in suburb. A suburb outside of Chicago. That's, <laughs> I don't know, riddled with crime and has absolutely no one who's of a similar cultural background than me. Huh. So okay. bizarre. Well, and then also, mm. it actually happens twice because then... I'm going to talk about this in a moment. Nancy goes to the obligatory once a book frat party with her boyfriend, <laughs> Ned Nickerson. And once a book frat party. You're yeah. totally right, though. And Ned yeah. is like, oh, you should talk to my friend, Anil, the one Indian person at Emerson College. Uh-huh. And th- this is where the book just, re- I was like, this is also like wildly awful. Um, just how like fascinated he is with her like elephant charm. And I was like, Anil probably just wants to play football with Ned and like get drunk at the frat mm-hmm. party. Like it, it was just so stereotypical and poorly written. Well, I was like, well, and he also knew Ray. <laughs> yes, he he did. He did. Like, uh, uh, okay. I mean, okay. But yeah, I, yes, it was, it was not great. I would call it deeply incorrect. Um, so there, that's my first point. Um, mm-hmm. I won't say like, too much on the Mrs. Allison point because we've kind of discussed her quite a bit, but that mm-hmm. that lady's crazy. Oh, she's straight up nuts, man. So, like, obviously we've talked about she truly believes she's a psychic. Yes. She, her day-to-day leisure wear is that she wear she's a white woman wearing <laughs> a turban. Leisure wear. She wears a <laughs> turban around. I'm like, girl, uh-uh. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, Bad. beyond being this bizarrely inappropriate like cultural appropriating person who truly believes she is a mystic from another realm she's actually like a really bad she was involved in a political coup yeah she overthrew a government (laughs) yes for i mean i listen this whole political coups um i'm like was really two people managed to pull this off Apparently. I mean, this seemed, I mean, this seems like something that would require, you know, like maybe more than two people to overthrow a government. Well, and the other one's Ray. But who it kind of seemed like, like it was Mrs. Allison and Ray. And like Ray can't even hang on to his elephant charm. So <laughs> I find it very hard for me <laughs> to believe you. that he was a deft maneuverer. Yes. 
when it came to all of this. Um, yeah. I, and, and why is Mrs. Allison in India in the first place and highly investigated in like it investigated and in, invested <laughs> in like regional politics? No one will ever know. It was no so strange. Know. But yeah, she's like real nasty. She's kidnapping kids and she she's involved in a straight up murder. I mean, the murder is thwarted, but she's right. willing to murder to keep her yeah. jewels. So yeah. one of, I would argue, she's one of the most nefarious villains we've encountered so far. I would agree. I mean, she was giving me real um, evil stepmother vibes from Snow White. Uh-huh. Oh, yes. Like, take the baby, take Snow White into the forest, you know, sends her huntsman out there and he saves her life. Um, But, I mean, I think if Mrs. Allison had her way, like, that tiger really would have eaten that baby. I I completely agree. So, not very nice. But, oh, and she also, like, throws herself off of a bridge. (gasps) She does. She Mm -hmm. hurls herself off of a bridge. Mm -hmm. She's like, I guess I would rather die than be captured and implicated yeah. in this and nancy's like not today good thing i'm a skin diver and a lifeguard <laughs> good thing i'm a skin diver and we've already talked about how i'm a titian haired butter knife with my diving <laughs> yes so nancy that just... will forever be my favorite quote ever <laughs> from this podcast i don't if we record five thousand episodes that will be be my favorite quote nancy drew the titian haired butter knife well thank mm-hmm. you thank mm-hmm. you so much it was good um, so she butter knife straight into that shallow little river and like hauls Allison out by her earlobe and mm-hmm. and straight to jail she goes straight to jail for you. What is is that from? What is that line from? I think it's from Parks and Rec. Oh yes, you are correct. Yeah, you are correct. Um, straight to jail. I have two more things to say in real world River yes. Heights. Uh, I would like to talk about a recurring character who popped back up in this book. Mm. You know him. You love him. His name's Lil Tommy. <laughs> Lil Tommy is L-I-L in the house. L I L apostrophe. Um, Lil Tommy. Lil Tommy is. We a- remember him well from the uh, Lonely Hearts Club scam, where he ID'd the Curious George man in the yellow hat. Yep, he freed mm-hmm. a carrier pigeon. No, that was not Little Tommy. Oh, that was like Little Bobby or something. It was like it was like Little Bobby, and we just kind of said like he's probably best friends with Little Tommy to make ourselves feel better. True. Well, anyway, Little Tommy keeps coming back. He keeps getting mm-hmm. like pulled into Nancy's mysteries, and if I was a parent, which I am not, I would be like, "Yo, dude, you cannot continue to hang out with Nancy Drew." Like, no, who Nancy are is his a parents? wildly bad babysitter. Yes. She, so, my, I've had many favorite moments in this book. Chapter one, she's like, hey, little Tommy, I'm going to go to this wild animal show. You should come along. I bet you'll really mm-hmm. like the elephant segment. Mm-hmm. And he comes to the show. And this little boy, under Nancy's care, just runs up to a giant elephant and jumps on his trunk. And yeah. this elephant almost murders him. Right. I would not ever let my child hang out with Nancy Drew again. No, I wouldn't let my little child out of the house. I'd be like, if you cannot be trusted to not like attack an elephant, what you else would you do? Sit down and read a book in the corner. It's quiet time, little Tommy. Well, that actually, so that moves perfectly into my question, my open question for you on little Tommy. Mm-hmm. I feel like there are two paths for his life. Mm-hmm. He's either going to be a reckless idiot who I keep picturing is Johnny Knoxville from Jackass. He's just like, hey, man, let's jump on this elephant and see what happens. Or he's going to be a complete badass, like that FBI mm-hmm. guy that we wanted Nancy yeah. Drew to hook up with. 
which do you think yeah. is likely for little Tommy? I think he's going to wind up in law enforcement. <laughs> so, yeah. so which category does that fall into? I'm not answering that question. <laughs> 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 uh, but I am saying he will wield a badge in the future. I think and, you're right. You know, maybe, maybe a little bit of both. A little bit what of column A, a little bit of column B. Put your hands together. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I bet he comes back. I think we'll have more little Tommy encounters. Well, and the interesting thing with little Tommy is I always am like, okay, why is little Tommy showing up? Like, it, it's such a random thing that, you know, and, and I'm not saying that it's poorly written because, you know, Nancy gets four tickets, not three. You know, somebody gives her four tickets and, well, Carson can't go with them. So, oh, you know what? Who, who would enjoy the circus? Tommy. Little Tommy would. So we'll take Tommy. And, but the whole reason he was part of that is so that he could leave the trunk lid open for Rishi to get in. You make a very good point. Mm -hmm. Like little Tommy is not going to show up for no reason. <laughs> he, al he always has a purpose. <laughs> you make a very... Otherwise, we can just assume that little Tommy is terrorizing his parents at his own home. So basically, this book would never have happened if he hadn't gone to the circus with her. That is correct. Wow. I mean, oh, now, mind blown. Now, now, granted, the whole reason she was going in the first place was because, like, the, the owner of the circus or whatever had contacted Carson to say, can somebody try to figure out who this kid's dad is? Mm-hmm. So that's why they were going. So who knows? Maybe she would have continued to investigate and figured something out. But, like, you know you know, they would have been moved on down the line if he hadn't stowed away in the back of her car. Things would probably not have escalated in the way they did. My mind is blown right now. <sighs> Little Tommy was a critical linchpin in this plot. <laughs> Little so. Tommy the linchpin. Name of the mm -hmm. episode. <laughs> <laughs> Little Tommy the linchpin. So my last thing I would like to talk about, and I think I've mentioned this before in this section, but frat parties in this era are so fascinating to me. And yes. I had an, not an epiphany, but a recollection that Sylvia Plath writes about similar parties in the oh, Bell really? Jar. So in the okay. Bell Jar, she frequently goes to these kinds of gatherings. And um, things that are just weird about this, there's no point in me discussing this, but these girls go to these frat parties. They always spend the night. They have a dedicated mm -hmm. house for the girls to stay in where there's mm -hmm. a house mom that takes care of them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then the next day they I wake know. up and there's like a full day of activities. Yeah. Like we're going to do picnics and we're going to do boating and we'll have yeah. a diving contest and, you know, there's maybe a football game. And so they have a full day of activities. And then at the end of that day, they have a big dance, like a big fancy yeah. dance. And we're still in the era, too, of men reserving spots on your dance card it seems from this book which i kind of enjoy but i'm weirded out by at the same time <laughs> yeah like i mean it the dance card thing on the one hand i've always loved that idea probably back to like anne of green gables kind of stuff because they did that in those books too but it also gives me a tremendous amount of like being the last one pick for the spot for the dodgeball team anxiety Oh, you know, for like, what if sure. nobody signs your dance card? Like, no, I want to. I'm not going unless I know I've got somebody to dance with. Okay, like, like let's do a pre-dance Google sheet. Thank you. That the thank men you. will sign up in, and if my Google sheet is not full, I will not attend. I am not attending. 
I, I think the thing that gives me anxiety about it is that the women don't seem to have a lot of agency in this situation. None. So, like, None. you can't say no to somebody that puts their name on your dance card. So, right. like, if, like, your evil third... I don't know where this is coming from, but, like, your evil third cousin who, like, is the worst puts their name on your card, you're like, well, crap. I guess I, I gotta I do to that. dance with... Yeah. You, I'm Seth. like... I would bring White Owl with me and be like, I don't know what you're talking about, man. <laughs> never happened. I was never here. Well, I mean, I just felt bad for Nancy because I'm like, she probably went to this stupid thing because, you know, I don't know. She wants to dance with Ned, her boyfriend, and then she doesn't barely even get to see him all night. So she oh doesn't. Well. Yeah. And Ned gets pretty salty about it, too. He, well, understandably. He I agreed. He's like, what gives? All of these men are all up in my girl's business. Uh-huh. And at Back one point, he, like, up. puts his foot down. He's like, we're dancing. Yeah. It's time now. Everybody back yeah. up. Yeah. Also, does this not just sound like the most exhausting day of your life? God, I, mean, oh I just God. want to cry for these girls. Like, Agreed. Ugh, it's, uh, like, more than one activity in a Mm-mm. day? Mm-mm. Pass. Pa- Mm-mm. Like, the dance alone would be an activity enough for six months for me. I would know? not make it to that dance at all. Oh. Be like, it's it's night-night time now. Like, yep. leave, leave me alone. Yep. I'm all worn out from the swimming and the skiing and the, you know, camp activities and as meeting our, all of your professors. and As our favorite ugh. TikToker, Pinky Patel, says, do not disturb. <laughs> do not disturb. Okay, bye. <laughs> okay, bye. Um, all right. Okay, bye from this section of the podcast. I would love to hear my favorite thing that you have added to this. Your theories about it would have been awesome if, a.k.a. Kelly's rewrites of this book. <laughs> okay. Thank you. I'm, I, you know, I tried my best. I have to say, there was a lot to like about this book. So maybe, maybe my suggestions are not any good. We'll see. But, you know, I mean, it would be awesome if, and this is, probably hopefully obvious but if it could be written to not be so spectacularly xenophobic and racist but nailed it um, moving on to the plot it would have been awesome if nancy actually is like a little bit psychic oh good (laughs) just like just like a little like just a little nug you know so like so i'm envisioning her i'm envisioning her like her fake reading of Mrs. Allison and it is it is fake she's she's faking it okay doing exactly what she did but like something pops into her mind and you know that's not in the papers that she doesn't know um because like you know I give Nancy props she went into this fake reading like an attorney you know she knew the answers before she said you know she goes and she knows what the answers are now she's just trying to get a confession but so like maybe in this scenario she like she just has this feeling, this gut feeling about something. And you can call it sleuthing. You can call it psychic intuition. But maybe she says, like, I sensed you helped overthrow the Maharaja because you were in love with whatever the other guy's name is. And just, like, throws it out there. And maybe that's the moment where Mrs. Allison caves. And then Nancy is like, how did I know that? Where did that come from? Where did that come Right? Just... Do, 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 do. Like it would just like just a li- like a little. Mm, I a little love. Of <laughs> I love that psychicness. Le sousson of psychic. Sousson of psychic. So it would have been awesome if Rishi had helped save the day rather than been victimized throughout the whole book. Oh, say more. <clears throat> so I mean, first of all, 
this young man is obviously very strong and nimble and intelligent. You know, he like works with these huge animals and, you know, does all this very impressive stuff. So, and he also, you know, he's, I mean, treated horribly, you know, he's clearly been abused his whole life. And um, then he's kidnapped multiple times in this book and tied up and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, at the end, he gets poisoned and Nancy and George kind of like are barely able to save him at the end of the day. It would have been awesome if, in my opinion, and, and listen, I know that we love to see Nancy save the day. Like that's a lot of times the point of the book. That's why we're here. Yeah. That's why we're here. Um, We want to see Nancy save the day, but I think she still does that, but it would have been nice to see Rishi have a little bit of a win. So, so the way I probably would write it is that Nancy and George get tied up, which they do, and Nancy gets poisoned mm. rather than Rishi. And Rishi is able to slip out of his ropes because he's, you know, he knows tricks or whatever from, you know, working with the elephant and blah, blah, blah. He's able to get away out of his ropes and he, he wants to try to save Nancy we can still let Nancy be the one to figure out that the antidote is in the elephant. But Rishi could, you know, take the paw off the elephant and give her, give give Nancy the antidote. That is so much better. That's I, so much better. I don't know if it is, but like it feels, for me, it would feel more satisfying. I think it's so much better. Rishi could help in his own saving a little bit. Yeah. Yes, especially because so. he has known about this ivory charm the whole time and has been fascinated by it. And like, I, I don't know, I, I am fully on board with this, with this edit. Uh, and last one, it would have been awesome if we found out what happens to Mrs. Allison and Ray for like, you know, overthrowing a government <laughs> and kidnapping the Maharaja's son. Like, I, I, I really would have liked a little bit of justice there, like how are we going to punish these two? Are we going to send them back to India? Um, you know, is there an extradition situation going to happen here? Are we going to, you know, just like, I don't, I don't know. Are we going to th- throw them into the deepest, darkest tower at, do we have towers? Probably not. And there's everything in dark. Heights, we got we want one of those deep, dark towers. That's not what I was looking for. Cell. <laughs> uh, a cell, a cell, like you know, yes. like how, what I just want to know, like is is this death penalty? Is this extradition? Is this you know you're gonna rot in a cell? Or are we gonna, you know, can we make Mrs. Allison pick up trash for the next forty years along the side of a highway? Like that would be fun for me. Well, you're um, right because it's a huge international incident yes, that has now occurred, yes. and we we don't know anything about no what happens. I I want to know what's going. Also, what's going to happen with you know, the rightful Maharaja. Is he going to be able to take back his rightful place? I think he's going to chill in River Heights. I think he's like, listen. I think he's going to chill. He's like, look, have you seen my house? It's awesome. My Um, Maharaja days are behind me. (laughs) You know, let's just give me my kid. Yeah. You got a good thing. So. Oh, so good. Those are my suggestions. Five stars. Thank you. Well, to conclude. Do we get to... I was going to say, do we get to add anything to Nancy's resume? I added four things to Nancy's resume Whoa. this week. Whoa. Four. Uh, number one. Nancy, a little overachiever. <laughs> number A. <laughs> number A. Is Nancy, I will give you, this is a multiple choice question. 
Ooh, okay, I love those. Is Nancy A, a former ropes course instructor? <laughs> B, okay. a pirate? Mm. Or C, Spider-Man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those, uh, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Does it's, it? I, it, it well, Say. it's the, um, are, are you referring to, like, the very first illustration in the book? Where she's saving Rishi from the, like the spider web of ropes he gets tangled up in and almost dies in. Yes, I am. I am perfect. Yes, I was like, what is happening here? You know? She like clambers um, up this series of ropes and is walking along does. a beam and is like tying sailors' knots and hauling him up uh-huh. and like swinging around. And I was like, where did that yeah. come from? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I too was impressed by her skill and confidence in this situation so i'm gonna go with b pirate (laughs) um (laughs) uh, i think this is a little before the world of um ropes courses although i think she would do excellent in that in a future career team bonding Um, yeah spider-man i'm not aware of any you know interaction she's had with a radioactive spider yet in the series however it could be part of her backstory that's not revealed until much later but you know as a betting woman i think i would go with b pirate okay yeah well and that Mm -hmm. can create some interesting tethers to other books like the ghost pirate ship etc so i will accept precisely your answer um b alluded to this in real world river heights nancy is apparently the hottest woman in the entire world Capital H, mm-hmm. capital woman, capital entire world. Uh, she goes to this frat party and people are like losing their minds over her. Yeah. Um, at Omega Chi Epsilon. I wrote that down. That is the name of the frat. Uh, so Ned gets jealous. O-C-E. O-C-E, baby. So hottest woman in the entire world is on her resume. Um, she says to, I believe, Carson at one point about one of the the epic rescues in this book that she completes thank goodness i took all those life-saving courses <laughs> Which yeah is... that was that was after she saved mrs allison and carson's like i i'm really man you really could have easily like drowned trying to save her and she's like no i took that life-saving course it really came in handy which is fascinating <laughs> to me because i would have responded as nancy you know myself thank goodness i took all of those lifeguarding courses but she says life-saving courses and i'm like that's a very generic title so what else can she do (laughs) well i you know it's interesting you said i guess i was picturing more of like a um you know the the scene i mean like a cpr ald type class i mean they not alds aeds you know for a first a first aid resuscitation scenario mouth-to-mouth cpr sitch that you know, maybe they also, you know, they, they do like, here's the Heimlich maneuver. And, you know, if you ever have to save a full grown woman from a moving river, this is how you get them out. I yeah. mean, is that what the day looks like? I, I don't know. But you're right. Like, what else do they go over in Life Saving 101? Maybe that's where she learned about the rope rescues. I don't know. I don't know. Listen, Kelly. right? Like, okay, well, as soon as we come back from lunch class, we're going to go over if a young child gets tangled in a spider web of acrobatic knots, this is how you this hoist is, them down with only your yourself approach. and your body weight to use. Right. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> also works on the side of a mountain. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Also a thing that you do in CrossFit. You know, you got to climb a rope. I don't know. Anyway, moving on. Final <laughs> Nancy Drew resume maybe item. She was, maybe she was CrossFitting, Karen. Maybe she, is that is that the verb? To cross vote? I don't, I don't, Kelly. 
I dropped I'm, out like, after do, two weeks. Do you weeks say because <laughs> I'm, I'm injured? I'm going crossfitting. <laughs> I'm you going to crossfit. I'm going to the Bucks. Oh, that makes it sound so much worse. Uh, it does. Okay, this last one is <sighs> unconventional. Mm, no, I love an unconventional. But this is where Nancy's resume is leading, I think. This is a future resume item and what Ooh, she will submit this future, resume this for. This is what she's applying for. Okay. Future owner of an oddities shop. <laughs> <gasps> oh, I love it so much. Could she please? That would be amazing. And basically, it's a shop or like, or like a museum of all of these random antiquities and gems and tokens of each yeah. mystery she's received. And you can wander through and she's like, well, let me tell you about <gasps> this old clock that there was a clue inside of. Oh, my gosh. <gasps> can that be part of our um, Airbnb know, experience? Airbnb? Absolutely. Yeah, she can be like, here's a fuselage from a plane. Just this is an exact replica of the one that we flew in and out of Lilac Farms. Lilac, Lilac, nope, nope. Red Gate, Larkspur Lane to rescue all the old ladies. <laughs> and right here is, you know, part of the submarine that we used in Lilac Lane. And this is my aqua lung that I use to, you know, make sure that. I don't know. I mean, that here's would be the, amazing. Here's a a skull fragment from Beth's Beth's Bess's river horse that she sailed across the right? river. Right. Oh, Bess's river horse. Um, I miss that horse. And, do- and stop in the gift shop on your way out and pick up four or five twisted candles made on premises. <laughs> We're gonna need a bigger inn. <laughs> we are. And listen, I gotta tell you, I'm pretty disappointed about the number of applications we have not received to uh, run uh, the bait and candy shop for us i know i would estimate it's a grand total of zero (laughs) i mean there has been some interest expressed but it's all been verbal and i there hasn't been any follow-through on providing actual application for it which is i don't know i think it sounds great it's that that lack of application is really the only thing that's holding us back from doing this (laughs) it really tells you about the job market these days it's difficult to get good people um i'm also leaning toward candy and crawdads done i'm i'm just i'm continuing to think on this i can guys and bugs (laughs) i i like that this has stayed with you i think was buckeyes and bugs submitted by our friend bangin it might, it might have been. It might have been. That's that's for the Ohio um, uh, franchise location. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Well, Nancy's resume leading up to Oddity Shop Owner. Um, before we depart for today, mm-hmm. do you have any open questions you'd like to? I do. Model? I have I have two open questions for you. Okay. Um, so the first is, does the River Heights based professor who specializes in Indian dialects and Indian political history live directly next door to the Italian opera teacher from the first book or like just down the block? (laughs) Next door. A hundred percent. Next door. Okay, perfect. So uh, that's how I picture it in my mind is that there's, you know, like there's like a, a block in River Heights that's just, you know, elite the, the, the random experts on various things <laughs> yes. like you know thank god we have that guy who specializes in family crests right next door oh yes we'll just He's, run down and ask him he lives there too yes mm-hmm. yeah okay um second question have ned and nancy even kissed yet oh my god i don't think no 
Like, I, I can't tell. I can't tell if, like, that's just not something we talk about politely in books or, like, if they're not allowed to kiss because it's 1934 and that's improper or, you know, I don't know. I I don't know either. I mean, I don't think we've had so much as a blatant handhold. handhold. Yeah. No. Interesting. Mm, yeah. They want They want to. I mean, they to- and I gotta say, based on the illustration in this book, Ned is a cutie. <laughs> he is, I mean, if you thought that Prince Eric was hot, wait until you see the black and white line drawing of Ned Nickerson. Bless his, bless his football playing soul. That is a dear diary moment for sure. Well. So, yeah. We should rate this book, and I have decided that we are going to rate The Mystery of the Ivory Charm out of a 12 possible broken mirrors, which alludes to something we didn't describe, but at the beginning of this book, in the madhouse of ropes and trapezes, George, as always, just falls down a full flight of stairs into a mirror, which she breaks with her body and is just lying in this (laughs) broken mirror, bleeding everywhere. So 12 broken mirrors. What is your rating? (laughs) That she breaks with her body. <laughs> uh, and then Nancy's like, walk it off. Um, 100%. She's like, you're fine. <laughs> and Bess is like, I want it to be noted for the record. That was not me. Not me. <laughs> um, okay, I give this book six broken mirrors. Okay. I'm giving it 12 for, like, all of the magical and psychic mystic trances. Yep. Love. Uh, plus 45 mirrors for no driving around. Oh, yes. The fact that Nancy's sleuthing tactics are almost entirely illegal. <laughs> yeah. And a plot that has nothing to do with ghost distractions or orphan inheritances. Great point. However, minus 45 mirrors for racist stereotypes and minus another six for an unreasonable number of kidnappings in one book. <laughs> I am going to trust you on that math. So six out of 12. Six out of 12. <laughs> What say you, sister? I am going to give this a seven broken mirrors out of 12. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, here's my math. And I Mm -hmm. double checked it on a a calculator. (laughs) (laughs) So I think this is right. But I gave it 12 broken mirrors for the Magical Circus House. Uh Favorite thing ever. I gave it 12 more broken mirrors for just general daring do in an arson site cave-in. I love that daring do. I gave mm. it 48 broken mirrors for when Ned got kind of jelly at the frat party. <laughs> <laughs> you love, you love like some River Heights drama. It's it's 100% some what I'm here for. Yeah, totally. I love it. And yep. then I removed 65 broken mirrors for uh, cultural appropriation and poor treatment of wild animals. Yeah, that wasn't good either. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We do not, we do not do this with full-size no. elephants no leave the elephants alone namaste yes namaste uh very good so six and a half broken mirrors yeah average what yeah. what are we gonna read next sister well karen next week is nancy drew and the whispering statue oh. which i have to say has a pretty intriguing cover image so i'm hoping that the book is also awesome i, I do like the cover for this and i'd like to have yeah. the idea of a whispering statue me too. It, it's very, um, like, uh, nope, I can't think of it. What was the, what was the, um, Pygmalion? Oh, oh, wow. Mm. 
that came out really weird wow <laughs> wow um Fifi? i love i i love it i'm are, are we gonna mm. are we gonna whisper a lot in that episode are we probably this is an asmr podcast <laughs> <laughs> um as always thank you for listening please rate review and subscribe if you're enjoying this please tell a friend if this weird thing we're doing is their jam and you can find us on instagram at it's a clue podcast and Karen, remember what we learned today in Nancy Drew in the Mystery of the Ivory Charm. What did we learn? Do not climb through open house windows because it might be a house retrofitted for circus rehearsals and you might fall directly into the sub-basement. <laughs> Good point. And with that, happy sleuthing! It's a Clue is hosted by Kelly Biscopink and Karen Farmer. Our logo is designed by Courtney Kyle. You can find her on social media at I am Courtney Kyle. The It's a Clue theme song was written and recorded by Danny W. You can find her on Facebook at Danny W Music. Audio engineering is graciously done by our friend Mark Goodlow. It-